Hola, hola. Welcome to Truth Serum with Gadi. In a world where being yourself and embracing who you are has become a lost art, listen in while I have real conversations, drop some truth bombs, and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hi, Bianca. Hi. How are you? How's it going, college freshman? I'm good. It's going really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Finish work and, you know, just doing the thing. Um, I'm really excited to have you on. I admire you so much. I feel like I've watched you blossom into this beautiful young adult. You have a teen blog. You are a new freshman. You're out in California now. And because I've watched you like blossom into like coming into your own and it's been so special, I just wanted to talk to you about what the transition has been like. Because I know that when I first met you, you were very shy and reserved. And now you have a teen blog and you are just so much more confident. And you, it's really inspiring to see, especially when teens these days are a little cray cray, right? Let's keep it real. <laughs> And so I just wanted to talk about what your transition has been like coming into your own. Why do you have, why did you create a teen blog? Um, do you identify as a feminist? I've seen okay. some of your posts. Um, and then I just want to talk about what being a teen is like. So go ahead, fill us in. And then let's actually start with COVID and being a college freshman during COVID. Oh, wow. So what an experience, um, <laughs> honestly. So yeah, my um, of course, COVID definitely um, made my senior year a little bit interesting. Um, I was quarantined for the end of it, so I unfortunately did not end up going to my graduation, and I was not able to move into you know my college dorms um, here in LA. I attend a school, well, I attend virtually a school in near Los Angeles. Um, and I'm currently off campus, so my mom thankfully was really supportive in me, um, getting an air, like staying in an Airbnb for a little bit while I transition into like virtual online learning full time because for my high school experience, it wasn't as difficult, but it's definitely really interesting. I mean, I've had to communicate with my advisors, my professors, my peers, every single person like through the computer screen so mm -hmm. it's been so weird because I guess some parts of it feels a little bit like inauthentic but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really like there's been a silver linings definitely like I've been able to meet people like we held zoom meetings like fun after school like events um Netflix parties to kind of get to know each other better oh that's so nice I know, yeah and I got to know some people like during the quarantine after I finalized my decision in attending my university and so I've known some people for a while and I've just been meeting new people virtually so like that's a good the good part of it is that I know some of these people but of course you know I'm not able to meet them in person and I don't have a lot of a lot of them in my classes but it's definitely been a really big adjustment and some part of me is still sad at not being there mm -hmm. but I am in a space so like it gives some of the experience back 
And I do have, I'm here with my roommate, um, who I was supposed to room with originally on campus. Um, she's from San Francisco, so she, like, this is a great experience for both of us, getting out and, you know, learning new things, exploring the air for the first time. So it's, like, good and bad. It's a mixture, and it's, it's just, I'm really happy to be kind of on my own and really independent because I've always loved to do my own thing. So mm-hmm. it's a good, good time for that. That's awesome. Okay. So, college is going to be a little tricky the first year, but you're out there, you're doing your thing. When did you realize, like, how independent you were? Because, you know, I mentioned earlier how you were so reserved as a kid. And, you know, may I say a little probably socially awkward, but, like, how did you come into your own? What, what, what was that transition like? Because you're so different from when I met you, maybe when you were, like, 12 years old. And now you're, what, 18? Yeah, so it's really funny that you say socially awkward because I think <laughs> it's so funny. I've never heard myself refer to as that. I think it's definitely um, an experience um, because we did. I did meet you in church, so I've always been a little um, yeah. awkward in church settings, especially with my mom because she's so like spiritual, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my goodness, mom, <laughs> like you know. Um, so I definitely. Um, that transition to kind of being more comfortable in every environment I step into, and it's not just around my family and, like, friends, um, has, like, steadily increased. Um, you met me before I had my, like, Florida experience where mm-hmm. I moved to Florida for a year and a half, and that experience completely, I think, shifted my life and, like, what I wanted to do with it. And so, like, high school really just kind of was the year that I – created my blog I created my blog my freshman year of high school so it's been kind of like this transition tool that I've used to help myself grow mm-hmm. and learn there people connect um and discover myself a lot more and that tool like my blog has been like my everything literally my masterpiece just like who I've become as a person and there's just so much like work put into it and like work in maintaining it in general but like I think just kind of going into that experience of, like, going into an entirely new place, kind of like you had, you know, when you moved yeah. to Florida, and, like, not knowing anyone, and then kind of just having to, like, build a new world from the bottom oh up. Oh, my gosh, and, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Like, I was, but the, you know, I was so young, and I was really, um, I went through a lot of, like, mental health struggles in Florida, so I just actually wanted to leave. That wasn't really, like, the start of my journey. But when I came to New York, I, like, promised myself. I was like, this is going to be entirely different. Like, I am going to get myself back on track. And that's exactly what I did. And it was, it's, I, you know, I'm proud of myself because. I, I'm proud of you. <laughs> thank you. I definitely have just, like, I've gotten, I've learned so much about myself. Like, I don't struggle as much as I used to. And, like. I'm able to adapt to new environments much more easily now. Mm-hmm. Like, my high school experience is definitely a lot, like, still difficult. Not as difficult as Florida, of course, but, um, and school, but it was, like, a new experience and difficult, too, but college has, I've definitely taken all of my skills that I've learned and applied them to college, and I can definitely say I'm thriving now, so which is great. Amazing. I love the quote. Well, I don't know. I feel like it's a quote now, but I feel like I created it years ago 
And that's why the world can like thank me for, I'm not just, I don't want to survive, I want to thrive. I don't know how true that is, but I feel like I like was the originator of that and now it's like a thing. But no, I feel you. Like, it's so easy to get caught up in a routine and just go and go and go. And you literally are just surviving, you're maintaining, but it's like, am I thriving? And thriving looks different for everyone, right? So like, I can be thriving one day if I like get a massage or I have 15 minutes to myself, whatever's gonna like refuel me and like fill me back up. So I love that you said that. So would you say that your blog was maybe like a coping mechanism where you were able to like find yourself and be creative and in that process also grow from it? Yeah, I would definitely say so because a lot of the blog posts that I originally wrote um, on my blog, you can find way back in the beginning, mm -hmm. um, those were written during Florida. So like if I sometimes will take a look at them now and they're very like, I don't want to say I'm angsty, but they're very like you can tell like someone is like needing to vent Oh. Um, this, this person and like was trying to like grapple with what they were experiencing and like I look at my posts now and like they're all geared towards like like maintaining positivity like thriving in different areas of your life to kind of find yourself and I definitely it definitely was a coping mechanism because at the time I didn't you know I didn't have anyone else to kind of talk to mm -hmm. I lost contact with like my family in New York really like you know I was I didn't I wasn't using my phone as much as I do now. Mm -hmm. I guess I was in touch with people, but I didn't really have a lot of friends. So it was definitely, like, the only thing I could um, express myself to. And I definitely, it definitely helped me a lot. That's great. And now you've had the blog for how long? Four years? Yeah, like four plus years now, I think. Yeah. And it's oh doing, God. it's doing great. It's like... I love it. It's just, you really do inspire me. And I think I'm so proud of you because, you know, just as a slightly older woman, <laughs> I'm up there, but um, did you grow up in the Bronx originally before you guys moved up to where you are now? I lived in the Bronx for, um, I think it's probably four, about four, and then I moved up to Westchester. Okay. And I grew up mostly in Westchester, yeah. But still, like, it's just, it's so great to see you doing the things that you're doing and the mindset and how you didn't fall into, like, the categories that a lot of people, that a lot of teens fall into or, like, you know, chose a bad path. And I know that that probably would have never been an option because your mom is amazing. Edith, I know she's listening right now and she's so proud of you and we're all so proud of you and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like Priyanka's biggest fan. I think we even connected one time on like Vampire Diaries because I used to watch that show. Oh my god, uh, yes! Right? Um, but no, I just think that you're a really cool young woman and I love what you're doing and I just believe that everyone has a story and it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, I know that you touched on your mental health and how it wasn't that great here in Florida. And I don't know if you want to elaborate on that or not, it's up to you, but everyone has struggles, you know? And I posted something the other day and it was something along the lines of like, you know, raise your hand if you had to like, if you lost everything and had to start all over and build it up. And 
I've gone through that. You've gone through that. I think that people in their life will go through something and it's like what you take from it, what you share, how you can inspire other people and you're doing that. And that's just, it's great. And I just wanted to touch on that. So if you want, you can share about your mental health, especially as a teen. I saw the show 13 Reasons Why and it just amazes me at how much teens really go through and what they struggle with. And it's a really intense show. Have you seen it? I haven't watched it. You myself. haven't? Okay. No. A lot of people I know, a lot of people I think who I'm, you know, my friends haven't really watched it. They have a little bit of an issue with the way that I think mental health is presented. Mm -hmm. um, also, the scenes, it, I've heard it is very intense. So I, I've been a little nervous to kind of dive in there. Um, but yeah, I have not. So what would you or can you share about your mental health and as it relates to teens or just yourself and and what would you say for us older folks that really may not have an idea of what you guys go through yeah for sure i i love talking about my mental health journey because i think like sometimes it, it just kind of i think me talking about it helps me i don't know i love to share myself with people mm -hmm. i think like you know and like get to like people to know me um, so I think I've always been a really, like, nervous kid. I mean, you know my mom and yeah. my aunt were kind of, like, the main, my main girls in my life, and they're amazing. But they're very, like, nonchalant a lot of the time. You know, they, they take it easy. And so I think, like, I've always just been a very, like, nervous person. Like, especially, you know, since I didn't grow up in the Bronx, I was always, like, is this normal? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and because it's been, like, wild. And I was, like, oh, my gosh, this music's really loud at the party, like, are we going to get caught, and, you know, <laughs> all this stuff, like, and that just kind of, like, that anxiousness kind of just manifested itself into, like, further, I think, just anxiety, like, and when I went to Florida, um, I was just, so I went from a school of about 250 kids to a school of 1,400, oh, wow. and it was um, you know, when I went from a Catholic school to a public school, so uniforms, no uniform, and every aspect of my life had been changed. And so I just, like, my mom describes it as, like, culture shock. And I yeah, was, like, yeah, like, for sure. And I, like, I, because I've grown up with, like, my friends and my family kind of from birth, I never really knew how to make friends in an entirely new environment. Like, I never knew how to kind of. Right, because you, you didn't have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never had to. It, was, it wasn't a skill like I had to utilize. So it wasn't, when I got to Florida, it wasn't something I did. I just kind of closed in on myself. I tried to, like, hold on to the friendships in New York. But, you know, ultimately, like, I asked a lot of my friends, you know, like, in, my, in New York. I wanted them to keep in touch with me so bad. I didn't understand why they, you know, weren't keeping in touch with me as they could. But, like, I didn't realize at the time that, you know, everyone's living their own lives and mm -hmm. I'm living my own life. I'm moving on. I'm growing. And yeah. I really could not accept that, like, my entire life has changed, that everything was different now. And so I started just kind of mourning and grieving, like, yeah. the life that I lost. And it was a really hard, like, experience because I didn't want to let it go. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to get it back. Right. And it was just, I, you know, my mom tells me, and she was like, I knew we had to come back because I would hear you crying every day in the shower. Aww. And 
I was just like, and I, you know, I was afraid to kind of, I feel, and I think a lot of, I think especially like Latin ex-children like kind of feel like talking about therapy or like mental health issues with their parents is kind of seen as like sometimes as a taboo issue. Like especially with my grandma, you know, trying to explain to her like, yeah, when I was depressed for a little bit, she'd kind of be like, oh my God, depressed. Like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Like they don't accept that. Like even my grandma, she's like that word doesn't exist like in my vocabulary. Like they acknowledge it's real, but it is different. And I think it's also like a tough mentality, right? Like it's kind of a sign of weakness if you admit or kind of succumb to any mental health stuff. Um but now we're just in a different age where we can we it's not necessarily succumbing but just acknowledging and kind of aiding in those areas, right? So maybe it doesn't mean you have to be on medication or anything, but okay, I notice I'm a little anxious or I'm a little depressed. Maybe I get evaluated. Maybe I just go speak to someone. Maybe I feel myself more like going to the gym. Like that helps my psyche, right? More than my, the number on the scale or anything like that. But it is interesting <laughs> that you touch on that because that is common. And I feel like Latino culture it's like, ay, que, you know, depression, nothing. Like, you'll be fine and pray. And I believe in all that too, you know, absolutely. But sometimes you do want to just be a little more conscious of your mental state and where you are and how you can get better. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I think that was, like, the hardest part because, like, I didn't know, but I didn't necessarily kind of feel that support from my mom. And I was, and you know, my, 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 not, not from my aunt either, and I didn't have any cousins, so it was just kind of like this negative energy, this pessimism that was just weighing on me. So when I got back to New York, um, I tried my hardest to like, you know, kind of throw myself into build, like keep building myself up, approaching high school with like all the positivity that I could, but it was still like such a tough experience, my high school experience, just because, you know, I lived so far away from my high school. My high school was in the city. I was in Westchester. No one was close by me. So, like, I still had to, like, make that effort to, mm -hmm. like, be people to make these connections. So it was still, like, that question in the back of my head, like, why is it so hard to connect with people? Like, why is, why is this, like, the hardest thing for me right now? Like, is it me? And, like, always turning that, like, inward because I was just, like, doubting myself all the time. Yeah. Then it wasn't until I had, like, a very bad um, anxiety attack that my mom witnessed and that she was just very, like, okay, we need to, like, we need to get you some help. And then I was just kind of, please, please let me go to, like, you know, like, therapy. I just need to talk to somebody. Because, yeah. like, the guidance at my school were very, like, um, they didn't really see it kind of what I was trying to say and that made it really difficult as well because right. I just felt like I was talking and like I couldn't get anything out of it so I started therapy that year and it um helped me for a little bit and then I stopped then I got another therapist and she was amazing she helped me so much I ended up having like an amazing like sophomore junior year um and, you know, senior year, of course, was a little stunted by COVID, but yeah. therapy has helped me so much. I started in quarantine again to kind of, like, prepare myself for college um, and, like, making friendships. And it was just, like, going back to therapy and being in group therapy as well with, like, other girls my age, like, helped me so much because 
you can relate. Yeah. Yeah, you can relate, and they had advice to give me, and they had feedback, but, like, they understood, like, that it didn't need to be aggressive feedback, like, my family would give me sometimes, Mm -hmm, and, like, mm -hmm. they they looked at me as an entirely whole person, not as someone who was kind of broken, which I think a lot of people looked at me like sometimes, Mm -hmm. which was a little discouraging, because I was, like, like, you know, we're not, none of us are broken, we're just, like, we're always, like, evolving, like, like, shaping ourselves, like, we're never, like, this missing piece in a puzzle, like, I always yeah. thought I was. Yeah, so, yeah. it's definitely been, like, a, an experience, I think, the most challenging time of my life has just been, like, these past years, but I can, like, totally, like, my mental health, I know how to take care of myself, I know when something's making me a little more anxious, or when I'm feeling really depressed and like not getting out of bed and like I know how to take care of myself now I know how to like communicate my needs to the people around me and I think those are some of the most important skills that people Mm -hmm. need sometimes Mm -hmm. and you know the great thing about it is that because you learned it at such a young age and you know having that transition of moving your whole life like it's a it's a really big deal you know I touched on this on a call um the other day And I said that, you know, people see me posting, like, the salsa life and the Florida life. And that's all great, right? I have had some really good moments here, but it's been very hard. Like, it's taxing to move your whole life. And, you know, some people might think, well, who told you to move, right? (laughs) But I really felt that I was being led here and I wanted to be obedient to what I feel God has brought me to Florida for. We're still figuring that out, right? Um, But it's very hard. Like, it just, it takes a toll on you mentally, physically, emotionally. And it's great to be in a space where you learn that early on and you're just better for it because now you can listen to your body and you know how to communicate with others, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that's great because now you have one of the best life skills that they don't teach you in school. They don't teach you and it may not always be acknowledged in the way that you needed it, but I'm so glad that you got help. Um, I also wanted to acknowledge that you touched on, you were mourning your friends and New York. And that is so huge because mourning is not just associated with like a, a loss of like a death. I have mourned the loss of an apartment. I have mourned status, titles, and jobs. I have mourned relationships that, you know, may not have ended in death, but just the end of a relationship. Like, you can mourn so many things. And it's just that feeling of loss, right? And I touched on this a couple episodes back. Like, just having something in your hands and it's slipping through your hands. Or in your case, where you mentioned, like, a puzzle piece and trying to keep everything together, it's like, Both hands are full, but you're not catching everything, you know? And it's a really, like, debilitating state to be in because you feel like, how do I get that back? You know, but the key is to keep moving forward. And once you realize that, right, it's like, mourn it and acknowledge it, but how do I move forward? And it's not to, like, not accept it. I think definitely, like, have your moment, but then realize that maybe this transition is not so much about what I need to hold on to, but what I take from it. And one of my yeah. one of my biggest things is like nothing wasted. So, and I actually, 
it's referenced in the Bible. I will have to find it and post it later, but pretty much, you know, I've always had this thing in my mind, but I didn't realize that it was in the Bible, but it's this notion of nothing wasted, right? So like, if I was in a bad relationship, I don't want to waste the tears or the experience that I have, because then what would I have gone through all that for, right? Yeah. This, you know, anything that I go through, I'm like, well, what can I take from it? And that's so important because I don't want to waste what precious time I have in this life, you know? Yeah. So you have to be present. You have to be mindful. And that includes your mental health. So I love that you touched on that because I don't think that, and I think also just coming from a Latino culture that, you know, you got to be tough and it's a lot about acquiring and making it right and next level and maybe even other cultures probably a lot um but you know we miss that part about acknowledging where we are so yeah i definitely think that's such a good point because like i a lot of big people ask me all the time like when i tell them you know like what I used to call, like, my midlife crisis of Florida. <laughs> oh, girl, there's going to be many more, quote-unquote, like, midlife crises. Like, quarter-life crisis. Quarter-life? Quarter you know, um, but, like, people always ask me, like, would you ever consider leaving Florida? And I'm like, if you had the chance to do it over, like, would you change it? Or, like, would you go back and then do it? And, like, I would never be able to answer them. But I think as time has passed, I've been able to say, like, I don't know who I would have, like, who I would be without it. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Like, where my blog wouldn't exist, and, like, you know, my blog was, like, what I sent to colleges, I was, like, you want to see me, this is me, like, this is everything that I am, like, all into one, and so it's just, you know, no, nothing wasted, for sure, that's such a good point. Yeah, nothing wasted, like, just gotta take the lesson, and, you know, refine it, and keep moving forward, you know, I think that it's great to aspire to still have the things that maybe we had right but just in a different space yeah. um, because you can always I don't think the morning ever really stops for some things you just have to know how to replace it in a healthier manner I think that's the best way that I could say it yeah that is true all right so I I I think, based on the post that I've seen, that I would um, classify you as a feminist. What do you say to that? What do you think? Do you call yourself a feminist? I do. Um, I was featured on Faces of Feminism blog, so that might have been one of the posts that you've seen, um, which is a blog, which is a, a page run by my fellow blogger. Um, but I do. I was the president of my Women's Empowerment Club, and I think... Um, Something important, you know, like intersectional feminism is something that I've always been super interested in. I did go to like the original Women's March. Um, That's what I saw. That's the post that I saw. Yes. Um, that was such an experience. My mom took me, which was so much fun. Um, but yeah, I've always um, felt really impassioned by, you know, social justice issues. It's something that I'm hoping to focus on. In my career, my major is international relations. Um, so I don't know if I want to go into law yet with that, but mm -hmm. like, um, I definitely um, would describe myself as that. But like feminism, I know a lot of people have like bad, like con negative connotations associated with it. But I think um, intersectional feminism is, you know, what to describe it as, which is like 
making sure that this narrative of like women's rights and female representation includes all women, mm-hmm. um, all identifying women. So like, you know, because a lot of the time like feminism has been focused on a certain group of people. But yeah, I would and something that I'm very passionate about. Sure. So what efforts are involved in as it relates to feminism? I think, so like with my Women's Empowerment Club, we try to do a lot of educational work. Okay. So try to tell, like, you know, a lot of discussion-based um, meetings that we would have. We would do, like, have really important conversations about, like, um, intersectional feminism and related to like corporate America and like media representation and how we can kind of like how the way we're raised and like how we can kind of like deconstruct the values that we were taught Mm. as young women in order to kind of elevate ourselves Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of the time um you know we're taught like especially like you know for example like we're taught like in school like oh can I get like four strong boys to carry this for me Mm-hmm. And I think it's something a lot of girls who I know my age are like, hey, like, that was so mean growing up. Because, like, we mm-hmm. could have totally seen it. Like, I know that, like, <laughs> Mike in class could not carry that many chairs by himself. Yeah. There was just, like, you know, little things that, like, we have, like, wanted to educate, like, our fellow peers on in my high school. Because my high school was an all-girls high school. Oh, okay. So we had a lot of, like, these really, like, beautiful discussions about what it was what it is to be, like, a woman in this, like, age and in this generation especially. And I think we also would um, try to extend that educational work to, like, our brother's school. Okay. Um, brother's school, and we would have collaborative meetings with them. And we would talk to them about meetings because they also had, like, um, a He for She Club, which is an initiative by the United Nations um, in I promoting feminism, I believe, or equal rights, and we would have discussions with them about, you know, locker room talk and um, how to promote, like, healthy respect to, like, female teachers, um, because I think that's something, an issue that um, I've seen a lot in boys' school sometimes, like, you know, talking about female teachers in a bad way, mm-hmm. or, yeah, so... Or even girls, right? yeah especially that as well and um so that's mainly what I've been doing kind of in that term we didn't always have like you know outreach but um we did try to collect pads to donate to women's shelters um, so it's been limited in my activism of course I think I'd normally go the advocacy route Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. um but it's all, like, important. I always think that education is the most important thing. Oh, yeah. I think education within, like, your own family or in your community is also really important. I know that um, sometimes, like, I think especially also in, like, Latino culture, like, sometimes women can be seen a certain way, like, you know, to be kind of keep your mind at, like, nose out of things sometimes or, like, and that's something that I've always, there's some things that I've just always kind of been, like, vocal about and I'm, like, yeah, mom, like, get passionate about this. Like, this is something you should know. Like, I totally, like, got my mom into, like, yeah. so many things. Like, the Women's March, she was like, we're doing this. 
we're gonna go. We're, and I was like, okay, okay, girl, like go off. I do it. <laughs> it's been fun to kind of just like yeah. tell you know, my mom these things, and also like she's you know a leader in corporate America, and she's had her own issues experiencing you know like against her as a woman, and like the obstacles that she's faced. So I've kind of like from her and her own experience, mm-hmm. and like how to others in that aspect. So definitely just a lot of learning. Yeah, Um, I agree. Education is so important. It's like you're laying the foundation because once people know and are educated, that's what can open them up to actually be active. So I think you're on the right track, you know, whether you want to continue that route of actually getting out there and doing things or just continuing the education. I think that you're... You're a great advocate for that. <laughs> yes, thank you. No, and for sure, like, during um, high school, I was a part of, like, a youth council for my county, and we would go lobby. I mean, we would do a little less, like, feminist issues and more, like, you know, civil-based issues, like, you know, the environment and youth um, programs, but, like, those experiences were, like, also amazing. Mm-hmm. And, like, as part of, like, my activist work, as well so I think like most important, really hard I think you know well there's some youth out there who like are able to completely do it and like be this activist and amazing advocate while also kind of maintaining an amazing education I think for me it was a little harder yeah just because of my workload but I totally admire and those who did it but it is completely possible for anyone out there yeah you know yeah, and that's the beauty of it, right? That we all bring something to the table. And so where you may be a little weaker um, or maybe not weaker, but, you know, absentee or, or whatever you want to call it, there's someone else that's going to pick up the load, right? We hope. Yeah. So you just hone in on your strengths and, and that's what you're good at. Um, but education is definitely important. So I want to end with what are your thoughts and what would you tell um teenagers now right what what advice can you give to to parents that may not necessarily know how to get through to their teenager or i know that teenagers will withhold a lot what what advice would you give to parents um adults to your fellow teens now that you have gone through that transition of like junior high and high school and I feel like you've accomplished so much at such a young age with your experiences and you are just you're so confident so beautiful I'm so proud of you what would you what would you tell the people um what do you think is important right now what can you gather from your experiences so I would definitely say just to parents like um in specifics because I know a lot of parents like struggle with uh, feeling like at a loss I know my mom definitely did um you know what I was going through I definitely think that if you know you encounter a young adult or like a teenager tween like who is going through something that you can't really explain or something that they aren't able to explain but like from the outside in it just seems like they're struggling just know, like, it's not a problem that, like, it's not a problem that needs to be solved. It's just, like, someone that needs to be understood. Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily, like, I think some people go into, like, things, you know, maybe, like, 
you're a parent and you want to, you want your child to open up to you and they do, but then you immediately try to fix their issue or suggest like solutions to them. But that's not always what, you know, children want, young adults want or need. Sometimes kids just need to vent mm-hmm. and, and they just need to hear someone. Um, and sometimes they don't need you to be their therapist. They don't need you to like connect their issues to like the way they grew up or like mm-hmm. uh, stereotypes that they base them on. Like, Sometimes that's something that only they can do. I know that that was something I could only do in therapy, like with my therapist. And, you know, sometimes my mom would talk a lot about, like, you need emotional intelligence or, like, you know, stuff from her psychology degree, I'm mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. But stuff that wasn't really helpful to me in the moment, you know? Yeah, you're like, what are you talking about? That's not what I knew right now. <laughs> I just need you to be my mom. Yeah. You know, I just need you to be, like, this comfort person right now mm-hmm. we can talk about solutions later you know like yeah. when I'm more level head um so I definitely think that's something that's important I also think like like some like a lot of parents want to like help their kids a lot I think and sometimes it can be overwhelming or overbearing um especially like some parents might do I know like my aunt's experience with my cousin you know like some parents might do so like research into like scientific stuff you know like oh my gosh like do you have like this disorder and it's like you know your kid like not that like everyone needs to be diagnosed immediately but like mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like not the whole picture yeah I think I would say so it's just like make sure that your like foremost like thought is to understand your child understand what's going on create like a trusting bond because Sometimes, like, what's holding them back is, like, that, like, the bond that you have, like, maybe, you know, I think with my mom, I definitely, like, wasn't fully comfortable with opening up to her a lot of the time just because we didn't have that sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, it's some part of the relationship that might be lacking, but, like, don't force anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Just kind of let it flow naturally. Make sure that your child or this young adult person knows that you are there to them, there for them whenever they need you, available for them. And, like, for also this goes into, like, advice for kids. Like, there's so many resources that I didn't know about growing up that, like, are so useful to me now. There's an app and a website, for instance, called Seven Cups of Tea. And it's where you can go and you can choose, like, a topic that you're, like, feeling, um, you know, strong feelings about. Um, For example, and... What you can do is, like, talk to this anonymous person. Well, like, you can remain anonymous, and you can talk to this person who is, a like, a licensed listener, and they can help you work it out. And it's not necessarily, like, therapy, but it is a great option if you feel like you have no one to talk to or if you're afraid to talk to the people around you, okay. especially your family. Like, that's the resource that I went to that was super helpful to me. And... There's also, like, the Buddy Project. Like, there's anxiety resources out there, like, when you need a breathing exercise. Like, sometimes it's, like, I think especially, like, in 13 Reasons Why, like you mentioned, like, kids see these, you know, really intense portrayals, and they may not always identify with them. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe there's kids who feel anxious but have never had an anxiety attack, and there's all these labels, you know. But, like, your feelings are your feelings, and you don't necessarily need to label them Mm -hmm. or, like, diagnose yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time kids jump to that and just because they want um, an explanation mm-hmm. for why they're feeling a certain way. I know that was something that I wanted, but like your feelings are your feelings. Like they're valid. Like totally. you're, mm-hmm. you're always, 
your emotions are always going to change and it's just important that you pay attention to yourself and you focus on yourself and so that you can tell when like you're not feeling okay right and then just try to find the best way to take care of yourself without putting too much pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. of course to like feel like to feel better as like fast as you can or to like hide it from the people around you right I think I would say okay all right well I've learned so much from you in the little time that we shared now and I, you know, I'm a follower of yours, yes. and I've, I've even told other moms, I'd be like, oh my gosh, your daughter needs to follow this girl, da, da, da. and I would give you information because I think that you're such a good role model for people just your age and younger, you know, again, I think yeah. you, you've done so much already, you are so... Um, you're just so eloquent and on the right track. And I know it might sound cliche, but you are going to do big things. And I can't wait. Thank you. I can't wait to see, you know, what next steps you take, what you continue to do. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me. I always encourage people to follow you because I think that you're just Thank a little you beacon. So you are a little beacon of light and we all have something to share. It doesn't matter the age. So where can people find you on Instagram? So you can find me on Instagram at bloggerblv. I use a different name for my blog. Um, and BL is spelled B-I-E-L-L-E, just in case. And I'm also on Pinterest where I have a self-care board where I put resources on there um, for mental health and wellness, which are really useful um, a lot of the time. And you can find me on Twitter on all, with all the same um, username and my blog is uh, called how to live your life and yeah you can find that um on wordpress so it's a little bit of a long url but you can find yeah, it in the yeah, yeah. link no. in bio on my instagram no i'm gonna link it all to the podcast description when we air this and I hope that people find as much value in your resources as the amount of time and energy you put into it. I'm so proud of you. Let's keep in touch. And thanks yeah. for thanks for coming on. I will probably have you on again. Maybe we'll have like yeah. a, a, a teen yes, a teen podcast. <laughs> Make me feel young again. But oh no. my gosh, thank you so much for You're having welcome. me. It was such a great experience. You're welcome. We'll we'll connect afterwards. Um, But you have a great night and we'll talk soon.